Good morning, dear friends. There's sound going out there. Yay. Friday, May the 29th. <laughs> it does feel like Groundhog Day. <clears throat> We're here again. So I'm Robert Beatty. I'm broadcasting to you from the beautiful Beaverton, Oregon. And um, this is a program of the Portland Insight Meditation Community with a wonderful website, portlandinsight.org. You can find so much information there about meditation, about beginning meditation and classes and all kinds of things. So I invite you to check that out. <clears throat> Hello to those of you joining us on YouTube and Facebook. If you'd like to participate more actively in the conversation, please join us on Zoom, which you can find again by going to the portlandinsight.org website and look at online offerings and you'll see the link to this. <coughs> This is a Jeff Foster poem. Jeff Foster has a very uh, interesting website, uh, jefffoster.com, I believe it is. No greater joy. Meditation is the breaking of the addiction to any other moment except the one you inhabit. Meditation can be uncomfortable because you're going through withdrawal. Your attention is in the now. You feel the urge to escape. The restlessness, the desire for more, the resistance to being where you are. It takes courage to remain, but the remaining is what heals. And you eventually discover there is no greater joy than being with yourself. Meditation is the breaking of the addiction to any other moment except the one you inhabit. Meditation can be uncomfortable because you are going through withdrawal. Your attention is in the now. You feel the urge to escape the restlessness, the desire for more, the resistance to being where you are. It takes courage to remain, but the remaining is what heals. And you eventually discover there is no greater joy than being with yourself. <clears throat> and to continue with our morning ritual of reminding ourselves of <laughs> taking refuge in the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha, because all other refuges are not. They're all prone to dissolution and change and 
and disappointment. The Buddha, that which is awake. Don't have to go anywhere, it's right here. It's a nice sound, isn't it? Music arises from the arising and passing away of different notes. Notice the impermanence of it. Without impermanence, there would be no music, there'd be no life. I take refuge in the Buddha. The one who shows me the way in this life. Namo Buddhaya. Namo Buddhaya. Namo Buddhaya. I take refuge in the Dharma. The way of understanding and love. Namo Dharmaya. Namo Dharmaya. Namo Dharmaya. I take refuge in the Sangha. The community of mindful harmony. Namo Sangaya. Namo Sangaya. Namo Sangaya. take refuge in the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha, that which is awake, that which is real, and in the community of my friends, and all awakening beings. <coughs> Let us sit now and realize our place. Realize that we belong here.
drawn to share another poem with you. If I can find it easily. from Mary Oliver. Please just let it roll through you. You do not have to be good. You do not have to walk on your knees for a hundred miles through the desert repenting. You only have to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. Tell me about despair yours, and I will tell you mine. Meanwhile, the world goes on. Meanwhile, the sun and the clear pebbles of the rain are moving across the landscapes, over the prairies and the deep trees, the mountains and the rivers. Meanwhile, the wild geese high in the clean blue air, are heading home again. Whoever you are, no matter how lonely, the world offers itself to your imagination, calls to you like the wild geese, harsh and exciting, over and over announcing your place in the family of things. Whoever you are, no matter how lonely, the world offers itself to your imagination, calls to you like the wild geese, harsh and exciting, over and over announcing your place in the family of things. Our meditation is not about getting somewhere else, achieving some particular state, having some particular experience. It is about awakening to what's happening right now. And we have our rituals, our spiritual practices, trainings of the mind and heart. Be mindful. Become aware of the life in this that you take to be your body. where it touches the chair, where it presses against the floor with the feet, perhaps. The life in the hands. The life in the face. And perhaps there's some tension in the face, in the forehead, 
Simply let go of any tension you discover. There might be tension in the gut. <clears throat> Simply let it be what it is and relinquish it. And the body, which belongs here intimately, part of the living earth, participates in communion with all that's alive through breathing it in and breathing it out. The world presents itself to the senses in this moment. What do we really have? We have the fact of seeing if the eyes are open, hearing, smelling, tasting touching and all the life of the body. And the objects of mind, the thoughts, the memories, the wandering mind, the mind of liking and disliking, In the body, there may be warmth or coolness or both, or a lot of neutrality.
each breath. appears out of non-existence. How intimately can you be present for that birth? Not with some tense grasping, but with the extraordinary power of intention. Each breath emerges and then has its lifetime. Being present, resting in this breath as you might in a hammock. <coughs> all the way to fullness and then staying intimate with all the sensations all the way to decline and disappearance. And with the same kind gentleness and presence that you receive the breath, 
making room for the wandering mind in its various forms. There's no need to stop the wandering mind. It stops all by itself. Thoughts come into being and then they end. They self-terminate. This is your inward journey. Will you consciously put aside the seeking of external stimuli? And go down, down, and in. And we watch all the various activities of the conditioned mind, all these conditionings from the past.
and it becomes clearer and clearer that they are empty of self. They run automatically. And yet there is something that which knows them. That which does not have opinions about them. That which is before liking and disliking. Allowing each breath to be a beacon. This way, come, come to life, come to the present. You belong here. Please take a moment to notice if there's tension in your practice. You might be holding delicate muscles tight in the forehead or the throat or the abdomen. You might be kind of leaning forward into the next moment hoping you can get somewhere. There is no where. 
aside from here. All around us, the world goes on. People bound for distant donation, distant destinations in aluminum tubes, birds feeding their babies, plants warming up in the sunshine. We participate completely in our presence. And please now in the mind's eye or in your imagination, imagine that you're walking down a country road. It might be a road you know already or one that you've just imagined. It's a beautiful moment in time. Springish, close to summer. And you have the contentment of having just sat for a while in the present moment. And everywhere you look, there are trees and flitting birds and sun filtering through the trees. And you come upon a gate. And interestingly enough, the gate has your name on it. And a little inscription that says, the garden of your great karmic actions. 
the garden of your kindness, the garden of your generosity. And you find yourself drawn inside. Open the gate, it's easy. It's a nice solid gate. And there are some people for whom visualizations like this are really potent and others, they don't make much sense. You know, the mind doesn't work that way. In which case, just think about loving yourself, being grateful for yourself, really acknowledging your kindness and generosity throughout your whole lifetime. Nothing like who you are now and who you will become, but still you would not be here doing this if you didn't have a long history of good karmic activity and therefore rich, beautiful vipaka, the fruits of karma. And you let yourself in and you look to the left and there's a, there's a basket that has your name on it. And there are some really beautiful shears, cutting shears. And you look out over the garden that's inside that gate and you see that it is millions of flowers. There are roses and daffodils and dahlias and lilies, little tiny flowers and massive flowers, great sunflowers. And when you look closely, you realize each one of them is the blossoming of some kind act of yours. You might be kind of flabbergasted. How could this be? But of course, many of us, or maybe most of us, have a poor image, not well-resolved, not clear image of who we've really been. And we focus on those few times when we were less than our optimal self. And so with the invitation of the garden, let yourself travel here and there within it and be amazed at the beauty, at the incredible scent. Find your favorite flowers. Take as many of them as you'd like and put them in your heart basket because they're yours. They're yours to further open your pleasure and your delight in life. And fill your basket as many times as you want. And you can take a short time or a long time or just the time that we have in a situation like this morning. Let yourself relax even more fully than before. And then find your way to the gate and know that you can take these with you safe in the containment of your heart. And look forward to the day of the actions that you have the opportunity to perform and let them be colored by this incredible richness of the blossoming of your fine prior karma. And gathering together these flowers 
Perhaps you have a large sack. Or maybe you're going to leave them there, or maybe they'll be delivered. And you put the, the basket where you found it with the shears, and you don't need to worry about them disappearing because it's perfectly safe there. And you open the gate, step outside and close it with a nice click of the latch. And you know that this place of your beauty, your love from the past, which blossoms in the present, is always there and you can return whenever you want. And so you find your way back down the road Take a look back every now and then, and it's still there. That gate is still there. You look up into the trees and you realize it really is a beautiful moment. And then you find yourself sitting here where you are, right here with this breath coming and going. Awakening in the present moment and resting back in it. Knowing that you belong here. This is your place right now. And feeling the remarkable aliveness of your body. And if there is injury or surgery, um, healing to do, bring some of those beautiful flowers to bear. If there's psychological or emotional suffering, bring those beautiful flowers to bear there too. And let yourself bask in the reality that there is some modicum of choice of how to respond to the challenges of life. And bringing now awareness into your body. It's so alive, isn't it? So remarkable. And then in awareness into the eyes, the face. And now letting the eyes open, noticing the intention to make that happen. Hmm. Seeing. I am moved this morning to share with you a short generosity story. Once one begins to take generosity as an intention, opportunities spring up. And this, this happened several years ago. There's a gas station between mm, Portland Insight Meditation Community and my home. It's about a half hour drive. And I pulled in for gas. It was late one night, maybe 10. And as I approached the pump, there was a big old, like a boat, a Chevy Impala or something. And an African-American man was standing by the car and he looked at me imploringly as I went by. And my first thought was, well, this is cool, right? 
falling in my lap. And then I opened the window and he said, would you mind buying me a gallon or two of gas? Because we're running on fumes and we live in Scapoose and it's too far to get to. And I thought, sure, it was great. Come pull up to the pump. And I instructed the fellow to fill the tank. And then I looked into the car and what I took to be the man's wife was ashen. She looked terrible. And I went around to her window and she rolled it down fearfully. And I asked her what was happening. And she said, oh, I have two cracked teeth. And I had had tooth pain just a week or two before and yet another root canal. And I said, have you, have you taken any medication? And it seemed like a surprise to her that you might do that. And she said, no. And I went inside and I bought a couple of bottles of water and a little handful of uh, pain meds. And I, when I took, when I handed it to her, I mean, I remember it so clearly right now. She was, she was sort of in wonder, how could this happen? And um, then uh, the, the, the man um, came up to me after the, ga you know, the gas station guy had done his thing and finished the filling. And he came to me with a pencil and paper, which is common in my experience, and said, please give me your address because I want to pay you for the gas. And I did what I most like to do, which is to say, oh, you can't pay me, but you can pay it forward. And there's a movie you need to watch. That's your homework. And there's a really beautiful movie called Pay It Forward, which is all about generosity. So now I tell you this story and I feel soft and I feel a little teary and I'm connected to that man and his wife forever. And circumstances like that, tiny little things uh, come along and, and they kind of throw themselves in front of us. And then we get to, we get to cross that little barrier of separation between us and experience connection. So I encourage you to find ways to, to open your heart like that. And one of the ways that I mention often here is to, to support PIMC, which is the, the fountain of these teachings. Um, but look in your own life and particularly look to yourself. What generosity do you need? What is there you're being stingy with yourself about? For many of us, it, it's enough time to do our practices and to, to take good care of ourselves. Just a reminder also that on June the 6th, from nine in the morning till one in the afternoon, Betsy Toll and I will be gathering around the love campfire and uh, offering a meditation retreat that morning. So I think that's all I want to say. And I invite, <laughs> I invite spirit to speak through anyone who wishes to speak. <laughs> it's a nice vocabulary might frighten some people, of course.
it sure is a delight to be able to look into your living rooms and all the places you're sitting and be with you. Good morning, Sangha. It's David. Hi. What's up? Hey, I would just like to... No, what's this? No tubes? No, no machines? No hospital. <laughs> no hospital. Good. How nice. How you feeling? I came home on Tuesday. I'm um, still some recovery happening, but I just wanted to um, give a great uh, thanks for everyone who reached out to me while I was in the hospital because I did get um, a large outpouring. And um, so many that I haven't responded back to everyone yet, but um, that was really wonderful. And uh, because the isolation was very intense um, in the hospital and there was still some shaking it after I left. Mm. I learned something. Um, so HSU, you only have get a visitor in very specific situations. At Providence, you get one visitor. You get to pick for the duration. Wow. Your stay. But um, thanks again, Devin. May you avoid the hospital. Thank you. (laughs) May it be so. May it be so, right? Homitakuyasan, all my relations. Good morning, Robert. This is Emily. Hello, Emily. Hello. Um, I just wanted to share that when you said, I'm forgetting the exact line today, but if you find yourself leaning into the next moment or something like that, Uh that was exactly what I was doing. um, (laughs) I knew. I knew it was you. (laughs) (laughs) And, And it was like, oh, then I just accessed like total you know awareness of of the moment and really embodied it so um thank you for speaking exactly to what i needed to to achieve mm-hmm. that for a moment isn't, isn't it a, an interesting thing that it's like i'm busy chewing and i'm putting the next bite in because the ne- the next bite will have that first moment of more intense flavor so therefore i'm and hurrying and then it's over damn it it's uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah wonderful thank you <laughs> and what a, also what a miracle it is that we can see it somehow that we can know it and then we're free for a moment it's so beautiful thanks hey robert this is andra hello andra hi I have just a kind of an embarrassing almost uh, sharing about when we were on the guided imagery of going into our garden Uh and I had this beautiful uh, image of um, a very full, all my favorite 
flowers growing and then you said that it was a reflection of our uh, kindness and I started editing the size of my garden. It's like, oh, oh. <laughs> maybe I haven't done that many good things. Uh -huh, right. <laughs> Gosh, it turns out it's only one raised bed. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Oh my goodness. <laughs> mm -hmm. I really meant it when I said, uh, you wouldn't be here. We simply, it, it takes some qualifications to find the Dharma and to actually engage. And, and it, it comes from, uh, it comes from consciously facing into life. Timma. There you are in my screen. Are you unmuted? I'm back. I wanted to thank you so much for yesterday and speaking to equanimity. Ah. It helped me a lot with the news oh. yesterday and oh. all of the energy in our country with Minneapolis and all of that. So. I think I forgot about that piece. I go too much into the compassion yeah. and I forget about that equanimity. So I really appreciated that. Yes. Yeah, and we fall out of compassion into sympathy, like sympathetic vibration. And then we start feeling what other people are feeling and then we get overwhelmed. So That's good. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. If you, if you dare open that spigot to look at what's happening, it's... Um, it's quite destabilizing and, and the, the, uh, the terrible vacuum of leadership that we have and the, the, uh, the darkness that's being projected is, is really quite frightening. So we have to turn the speaker on a little bit if we want to and then close it back off. Hi, good morning. I'm listening to you guys talking and what came up for me was, you know, knowing that uh, after that there's a, um, a gauge, you know, and, and it's really, it's really bad out there right now. And so um, if you at least for me, if I want to have hope, I know that the rainbow is going to be really nice. You know, what comes after this is going to be really good because it's really bad now. Anyway, that's what came up for me. Hmm. That's a, a useful strategy, isn't it? To think about the future and think hope of it's better. Yeah. Yeah. I just pause a moment here. My apologies to those of you on YouTube. I, there's so many little details here. I had my headset on, so therefore there was no sound from the community to you. And that's the way it was again. <laughs> I'm back to our Zoom group here now, please. Robert, it's Russell. Hello there, Russell. Hi. Just briefly, the exchange between you and Andra really was uh, 
illuminating. And when you talked about the qualifications to get here, because probably for the first time this morning, as I reflected on the garden, I could really see and experience what you were saying. And it suddenly occurred to me, <laughs> it's so obvious, but it suddenly occurred to me that I've treated the Dharma as something to be, oh, I don't know, I guess to uh, like a task. And if you practice the task enough, you get it. And it hadn't occurred to me until this morning, in spite of all the times you've said it, that it really is a gift. And it's like suddenly a light bulb went on and it's like, it's a gift. So I thought I'd share that. Mm. It sure is a gift. Imagine having a way to, to actually suffer less. This came to mind and out of the depth of our friendship and I thought you might be going a different way with that comment. And I was going to ask this question, how many hours do you think you sat with clients over the course of your lifetime, paying attention to their hurting? Is it 20,000? Is it 30,000? What an amazing act and life of generosity, putting your needs aside and being present, being present, being present. What a spiritual practice. I once was saying to Ruth Dennison something about, well, you know, I'm only sitting for half an hour a day or something like that. And she said, so how many hours a day do you sit and listen to people? At that point, I was doing a full psychotherapy practice. It was probably six. And she said, so count those six hours too. That was a really a very helpful thing to hear from her. So, to the rich garden of your life. Hi, Robert. This is Natasha. Natasha, hello. Hi. Um, thank you so much for what you just shared. That's so helpful to me as a therapist. Mm -hmm. So often feels like I'm not doing enough. I had the same exact reaction as Andra of like, oh, <laughs> I'm imagining way too many flowers. <laughs> um, right. I am unworthy of such a thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. And I I'm I'm taking a little a long weekend um this weekend because I was reaching a point of a little bit of fatigue in my practice and realizing I wasn't paying the kind being able to give the kind of attention I wanted to to my clients and I oft I, I often continue putting my needs aside longer than just when I'm with my clients and just what you said just now really struck me and is it feels like a gift of a way to 
reframe my work as well as, you know, thinking of the time I spend working as a meditative practice as well. So thank you. You remind me of- I just wanted to add, I, I got the same sort of hit when he said that. It was like, oh wow, I've spent a career caring for people with serious illness. <laughs> I sort of didn't count that. <laughs> <laughs> so the right. garden is flourishing. Thank you. <laughs> right. Yeah. What does it mean if you don't want to cut the flowers? That was my reaction. Was no, <laughs> we can't do the cutting. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I thank you. I will add to my if I remember. I'll try to remember. I will add to my description that you may not want to use the shears. You okay. might just want. You might just want to wander around and smell them. It's fine. Or, or or maybe you've got a camera and you want to photograph them or something. Yeah, that caught me up. <laughs> I see. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I have a funny story of my daughter Tara, who's now 34. Uh, when she was little, I don't know, maybe seven, six, five, we went to the Portland Rose Garden and we had a, a guest visiting from Europe and, and she was going around smelling the flowers and this one smells good, this one smells good. And then she had this pronouncement, which was, Daddy? I know why some of the flowers don't have much smell. <laughs> and it's because people have smelled them a lot already. <laughs> oh, that's really funny. <laughs> that's really cute. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. Yeah. But thank you. I, I, will, I will broaden that. No, I, any narrowing down of the, of, in such a thing is not It was just helpful. interesting that it did catch me. I was like, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're some kind of a tree hugger. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Good. You know, some of the old monks in Thailand would, they had started a whole movement where they ordained trees and they, they wrapped them. They wrapped them with their robes so the loggers couldn't cut them. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, Robert, I don't know if I should double dip here, but um, <laughs> uh, there's some uh, movement practice that I do, Qigong, and um, some of it has a narrative. And one of them was that uh, the goal, if there was a goal, would be not to be moved by praise or blame 
know, to have that solid part in you that is separate from being, um, you know, moved by the winds of change or social interactions to have sort of that core. Um, could, do you have any comments about how that might fit in to your practice here? You have an hour? <laughs> I'd love to have an hour, but I don't. <laughs> a brief story. Quite a long time ago, maybe 30 years, I was teaching a retreat at Cloud Mountain, and a, a woman came to that retreat from Seattle, and she was a famous therapist who'd written books about group process, and I saw that she was there, and I really wanted to impress her, of course. And one morning, I gave a, a brief talk, and it was one of those times when Robert disappeared, really, and there was just this, a really, I think, probably truly, a brilliant, connected, useful talk, inspiring. And I watched as I inflated, as I thought, oh, good, I, I really should be teaching the Dharma. I'm a competent person. You know, this, this could have been a Joseph Goldstein talk, you know, this kind. And um, my dog just came running out. And, um, uh, and that was nice. And, and I watched it, the inflation. I, I, me, me, mine, mine. And then before lunch, I, uh, I did a question and answer period that got sort of out of control and crosstalk started happening. And, and I felt badly about it. It's like, this, this wasn't good. And I started thinking, gosh, that wasn't, you're not doing this very well. And then I went down to lunch and there's a communication board where people can write notes to the teacher. And there was a note on the board from this woman saying that was really poorly done and it got out of control. And, <laughs> and I watched and I fell into the pit oh. and it was awful. And, and uh, I knew that I was really you know, incompetent and I shouldn't be doing this anyway. And I'm, I'm out of my league and, and, uh, I had I had two appointments after lunch with two two women, uh, and I decided during lunch I can't see them because I'm so caught in shame right now. My self esteem is so low. I'm on. But then I thought, you know, I can probably fake it. I've I've done that enough times that I've you know been I've been in anguish and I put my stuff aside and I meet the person, and and. 30 seconds into the first meeting, suddenly it wasn't whether I was inflated or deflated. It was that there was this connection and there was someone to pay attention to. And so I don't look at it so much as finding a place of solidity that there will never be the up and down, but that the up and down becomes very much a part of practice. And that sometimes there's inflation and sometimes there's deflation. And the self goes on singing its song and having its reactivities, but that but that it's just, um, it's part of the show. Yes, yes. And there, and there is that which knows, which can know, which is very helpful to know, well, now I'm inflated. I mean, you know, I'm really thinking I'm hot stuff now, and now I'm a little pile of dog poop and I shouldn't be here. Yes, 
and and I think I think there is movement over time that there's less of that. One gets more stable, I think, or 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 but but the notion that we should be non-responsive, I think, is not helpful. Yeah. It, it, well, this you know your 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 you know the um, you know the self and the non-self, the praise and the blame, the opposites. You know, um, I. They're always going to be there. And when I heard this, I thought, well, wait a minute. You know, I'm not here to erase myself mm. or become a, um, I mean, I'm, Zombie? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it, the reality part when I heard mm. that wasn't quite there. I appreciate your willingness to engage me <laughs> thank you i i have met buddhist zombies yes and they're so busy trying to not have a self that they're as tense as could be and they're very flat <laughs> yes okay. it's like I, I i you know i better not have a bad thought because then i'll and and that's also a stage that right to go through. yeah yeah all right my dear thank, thank you. you thank you looking at the time must pause fairly soon Anybody sitting with something, any reaction or something you'd like to share? Hello, Robert. Hello, Jan. Hello. You can hear me. Perfectly. Good. We might Maybe, be in the same room, it's so clear. Oh, that's amazing because my picture is not showing up. So this is fine. We well, have you, a connection. You are clear to me in picture. Oh, good. All right. Well, I want to thank you so much. This is the end of my second week with you. My friend Ken told me about this zoom meditation and said that he thought i would be very interested and want to be a part of this huh. in the mornings and i am and have been and it's been so good for me because my daughter has been going through such a rough patch in her marriage for nine months and i am her counselor and confidant and friend besides being her mother and every day you or somebody else says something that i share with her and she goes oh thank you like the let go and let be and the equanimity and being loving no matter what mm. and i just want to thank you and everybody else for being here and sharing and i've been thinking so much about the young man that was killed and i want to send love to all the people who are hurting because of that and who feel that they're not good enough because they have a particular skin color and i want to send love to the people who think that they're so fearful of others 
that they have to hurt somebody else. So I want to send love to everyone. And I want to thank you especially so much for being the person that you are and doing this so that we all can practice and have a connection with ourselves and each other and with all that is. Thank you so much. Thank you, my dear. And I appreciate and echo your calling for love and compassion for everybody involved. It's so hard being a human being. Well, I think I must go. So I'm going to go back to gallery view and unmute everybody. See you tomorrow, I hope. Unmute. May all be happy. May all be happy. May Bye, dear ones. Bye. Bye. Lovely day. Bye. Great day. Bye. 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 Happy day, everyone. Bye.